You are listening to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast, where we talk about your theological questions. BGN podcast is produced every Saturday for your enjoyment. Get more information on our website, grace-nation.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at GraceNationMin and on Facebook. Now, here is your host, President of Grace Nation Ministries, Victor. Yo, 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 what is up, guys, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. I am your host, Victor, and I am back for good, done traveling. It has been a hectic past month. I've gone to Dallas. I've gone to Fort Worth. I've gone to Tampa. I've gone to Orlando. I've gone to North Carolina. I've gone to Charlotte. I've been everywhere in the past few weeks, but I am done, and so I just want to let you guys know we are back to weekly podcasts. Last week, I was able to post a sermon that I preached at Fishhawk Fellowship Church back in January, and so I hope you enjoyed it. It was such an honor and a pleasure to be able to preach at my home church, and so I had, it was just a great time, and so I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. It was a pre-recorded one, but we are back to our normally hosted podcast, and I just want to say welcome back. I hope you guys have had a fantastic summer. I hope you guys have been able to do awesome things, go to the beach, go to amusement parks, hang out with family, hang out with friends. I hope it has been fruitful if you're preparing to go off to college. Good luck because that's quite the experience. If you're in college, get ready for the next semester. It's approaching fast. If you are far past college and you sit at home and work and do fun stuff that adults do that I have not yet experienced, I hope you're enjoying that because you don't get the summer off. You just have to work through it, so that's fun. But I just want to say welcome back. It's great to be back. It's going to be a fantastic time, and we have an exciting topic to tackle today. And this has actually been on my heart for quite a while, and the reason it's been on my heart for a while is because we did it, or at least I did it in Dallas when I was there about a month ago, and it's called door, It's a little something called door-to-door ministry, door-to-door evangelism. And so today, on today's podcast, we're going to ask ourselves the question, is door-to-door evangelism effective? biblical. If you have hesitance, you know, if you're hesitant towards it, we're going to address some of the problems. We're going to address some of the good things about it. We're just going to kind of talk about door-to-door evangelism. But if you're not familiar with what that is, or you haven't actually done it yet, or you don't know like what it entails, it's very simple. All door-to-door ministry is, is literally going into a neighborhood, a community, up to someone's house, knocking on their door, and sharing the gospel. It's that. Like, that is what it is in its simplest form. Now, there are things that make door-to-door evangelism far more effective, and in my in my opinion, it makes it far more biblical. And then there are some ways that door-to-door ministry is not effective and not biblical. In fact, if we do it, you know, the way the Jehovah Witnesses do it or the way the Mormons do it, we're going to be far, far from what, uh, from what I think effective evangelism looks like. And so there are many hesitancies or there are many, I, I would even say dangers that come along with door-to-door evangelism. And the first one is false conversions. So we're going to be addressing uh, some false, co- like what that issue is uh, and how we can fix that. The second one is that there's no follow-up. You knock on their door, you share the gospel. If they receive Christ, awesome, but then you're gone. Like what next? Like what do they do? So that's another danger. The third one is like, is it biblical? Is door-to-door evangelism like a biblical way to carry the gospel uh, to the nations, right? Like is it is it proper? 
And then the last one is you don't have the opportunity to build a relationship with uh, the person that you're evangelizing to. Now, I'm standing up. I'm going to go ahead and sit down and readjust my mic, so I'm sorry if you hear some static here. But we're going to sit down because my adrenaline's going to get pumped up if I stand. And so we're going to sit down so that I don't start freaking out and jumping all over the place. Okay. So how do we reconcile these dangers? The first one is we're going to combine the, the first two dangers that I talked about, false conversions and no follow-up. Um, the way you approach this, I think, is, and this is just my opinion, and this is what we did in Dallas, and it's, it really is the best way to do this. This is If you're going to do door-to-door evangelism, you have to do it this way. You need a partner with a local church in the community that you know is solid so that that church can follow up with the people that you're ministering to. So, for example, when I was in Dallas, I had the, we, we had the amazing opportunity to partner with, I hope I'm saying this right, First Baptist Missionary Church. It's a really long name. Okay, guys, I apologize. I can't remember it really long name. We partnered with that church and that church was in the middle of this major community. And so what we would do is we would go door to door and the people who received Christ, we would then get their information and give it to the church so that the church could then go to their house and follow up with them, get them in church, get them the resources that they need so that they could begin to grow as a believer. I think this, no, 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 I don't think, I know that this is essential for any type of door-to-door evangelism. If you are going to go door-to-door, you need to get their information and take it to a local church so that follow-up can happen. It's it's like, um, there there is an illustration in the Bible about this. I can't think of the one that's used in the Bible, so I'm just going to use one that and from real life. Uh, you know when like baby sea turtles are hatched and they're going to the ocean and you know the birds come and they take a bunch of them? Well, that's that's what can happen. And so if 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 we, you know, evangelize and they receive Christ, but then, you know, a bird comes and, and takes them and kills them and, you know, eats them, what was the point? Like no good came from that. So we need to be faithful in making sure that we kind of guard them to the ocean so that they can grow, right? And I think that's what we're doing when we take when we take their information to a church. There was even an instance where one of the ministers from the church was with us going door to door, so that when when two kids received Christ, he was there, able to get in touch with them, contact them. He was actually the head of the youth ministry at the church, and so he was like, "We do this every Wednesday. We do this every Friday. Like we go bowling, we have fun. There's fellowship. You guys should join us." And now they're plugged into a solid friend group, a great church youth group, and now they're growing as believers. This is essential if we want to see people grow from door to door evangelism, right? So it's a legitimate danger if there's no follow up. And there, then there can be some false conversion problems that we face, right? But if there's no follow-up from a church, then we are not doing our job as faithful bearers of the good news. We're just not. So if you're going to go door-to-door evangelism, this is a requirement that you have a church that you know is solid, that you can not only tell the person that received Christ about, but then you go to that church and you make sure that that church follows up with this person because you can tell if I go door to door and I, you know someone receives Christ and you know they're like yeah like I'll get plugged into that church sure like I'll go the truth is they may not go but the church being a good church knowing that that there's a new believer out in their community 
they're going to go to him or her. And so that, that, that's what I would say is essential. Hold on, I'm going to take a drink of water. Okay. Now, the question, is it biblical? I was studying this for quite a while. It's quite interesting. Um, first, there's no biblical or unbiblical way to evangelize. Now, if it's not the gospel, then you're evangelizing wrong. But there's no like decree or command or order from God to us about how we need to evangelize, right? We just don't see it in the Bible. But I was looking at gotquestions.com. If you guys if you guys haven't checked out Got Questions, it's a great website. They have some really good information on that website. And I was I was just doing a little bit of study, and here's what they said. So I'm just gonna read probably about six paragraphs. So just bear with me. But it's really good. So in 2012, 7.5 million Jehovah Witnesses saw 260,000 people baptized into their organization. On average, it takes 6,500 hours of activity to generate one new baptism. On that basis, door-to-door evangelism is is a hugely time-consuming activity. Jesus commanded his followers to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that he had commanded. The Great Commission is not an option, it's a mandate. If only more Christians were prepared to share the gospel, as the Jehovah Witnesses are to promote their teaching. But is door-to-door evangelism the way to do it? How did Jesus and his disciples go about their work? It does not seem they went from door-to-door uninvited. Yes, Jesus sent out his followers in pairs to prepare the way for him to preach in outlying towns and villages, but he did not instruct them to go door-knocking. In Luke 10, 5-7, Jesus issues these instructions. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If a man is if a man of peace is there your peace will rest on him if not it will return to you stay in that house eating and drinking whatever they give to you for the worker deserves his wages do not move around from house to house Jesus's disciples did not go from house to house uninvited but they could enter a house where they were welcomed and stayed with that family telling them about Christ After Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman at the well she was so impressed by Jesus by what Jesus had told her, that she went back into her town and persuaded many to come back with her to meet with Jesus of Nazareth. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. They persuaded Jesus to stay with them for two days, and many more became believers. Jesus and his disciples did not canvass the Samaritan village first. However, the Samaritan woman did run into the village and told everyone, There's nothing wrong with going from door to door. It might produce results, and we are grateful for any soul who comes to Christ. But there is no explicit biblical precedent for that particular method. And I think think that that little paragraph gives us two good examples. Now, I'm... I'm not going to say that that whoever wrote the answer to that question took that passage out of context when we're looking at Luke. However, it does have something good to say. They never walked into a place uninvited. And I think that gives us a good warning sign if we do go door to door and it's clear that our peace does not rest upon, you know, that house, then I think that's a clear sign that we should not be there, right? We should not be uninvited Bible-thumping people. However, if we knock on a door and our peace does rest 
in that place and their peace on us, then we'll know and we can go on sharing the gospel. I think it's a good example of, of how we can um, share the gospel door to door. And I think that causes us to have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit on a completely new level. Like this is this is a new level of dependency on the Spirit because we are dependent on the Spirit to either place our peace on them or to have it returned to us. So that's the first thing. The second thing is a Samaritan woman. And this was the first story that came to my mind before I had even gone into uh, got questions and looked for answers. But it, it just shocked me that when the Samaritan woman had heard what Jesus had done, the first thing that she did was ran back into her town and told everyone that she saw to, hey, come look at this Jesus person. What an example, right? Like we have experienced Jesus and... We should be the ones running back into our town, telling everyone that we see to, hey, come check this Jesus guy out. And I think we can do that by going door to door, especially in our own community. Let me make this, let me make this so clear. If we are going door to door in our own community, then hopefully that there are relationships already sparked between the people. There's trust there. We can continue to build relationships. But if it's not in your community, then get them plugged in with the church, like I had said earlier. So the answer, is it biblical? Well, there is no biblical way to evangelize. You just share the gospel. And I think door-to-door ministry is a viable way to do it when done correctly. And then the last, the last danger that we see is the lack of relationship. Now, I just want to kind of touch on this for a second. If you are going door-to-door in your own community, then there should be a relationship. I'll just be honest. Um, I'll give you an example. There was one time where I was going into a neighborhood called Fishhawk. I don't know if you if you live in Florida, you may be aware of it. If not, who cares? But I was going into this neighborhood called Fishhawk, and I was just going door to door. I was in high school, and I was just I was just weighted with the amount of people I had done the math with the amount of professing Christians that there are in the world, the amount of people that die, I did the math, and I saw the number of people who were dying and going to hell on a daily basis, and it broke my heart, and it caused me to go door-to-door in Fishhawk. That's what motivated me, because I saw the number of, of souls that were going to hell each day. Now, I'm not going to say that was the most accurate number, but I can, I can say that it was, it was quite mind-opening, and it was, probably wasn't too far off. In fact, it may have been more, unfortunately. And so I was going door to door, and there are some amazing stories, some amazing stories. But I'm going to tell you, each story has an ending with people getting plugged into a church because we either took them to church or we told the church about them, right? But there's one story in particular where I met these four kids playing basketball. I had run into them before. I had... um. I had seen these kids before playing basketball at the church. Um, I didn't really know them that well, but there was this prior relationship. They had seen me. They seen me at the church. We've like exchanged nods, and so like there was some there there was a relationship. I walked up to them and they're like, "Hey, like we know you," and we started talking. I was like, "Hey guys, like I just want to tell you about this thing," and they're like, "Yeah, sure, yeah, sure." And so we were able to talk, but they would not have been as welcoming to me. If it weren't for that prior relationship that I had just running into them every once in a while at the church. And so, and then after that, you know, after I got to share the gospel with them, and then after we um, prayed, and after they had received Christ, they got plugged into the youth group. And now, like, I get to talk to them all the time. 
because we built a relationship both before and after. It's amazing what God will do. Like these kids are now like like on fire for Jesus. But we have we have to build relationships, especially, I'm going to tell you, this is crucial. If it's not a relationship with us, it has to be a relationship with the church. Like, thank goodness that they were in a community that I was already in, so I was able to build a relationship with them. But in Dallas, Texas, when I was going in the community, like, that's not my neighborhood. That's not my community. That's not where I live. So, like, who do I, how do we build relationships? Well, you have them build a relationship with someone at that church, someone in their community who is a Christian. You point them in that direction. Because relationships are key. We are people built for relationships. And so I just wanted to take this this podcast and just say, like, don't discredit door-to-door evangelism. Yes, I do not believe that it is the most effective way to bring people to Christ. I'll be honest. It's not. However, it's not, like, we can't discredit it. We can't just throw it out the window. I have really bad heartburn today. Oh, my goodness. Hold on. Okay. We can't discredit what door-to-door evangelism has done and what God's done through it. In fact, I think that if we discredit door-to-door evangelism and we say that it's not effective, we are essentially putting God in a box saying, you can't work through this method of evangelizing. And then shame on us for keeping the gospel from people who desperately need to hear it. And so don't discredit it. If you're living in a community and you just feel like an urge to go door to door, I would encourage you to do it. I would so encourage you to do it. If it's if you're already going door to door, like keep going, man. Keep doing it. Um, I would love to get some emails from you guys. Uh, some maybe some stories. Maybe some stories. Maybe some. Maybe just like some encouragement. I would love to hear from you guys on this because this is something that I think will change the world for the gospel and for the better. And if we had people, Christians, who had this wait to see people come to Christ the way that we are called to have, then I think we would see much more life change in our own communities. It's crazy that we will pay thousands of dollars to go on short-term mission trips across the world that will end up doing more economic damage than it does good, seeing very little life change. Yet we are so ignorant of the fact that we have a next door neighbor that is in desperate need of the gospel. And so my my encouragement to you guys is don't don't sit back while your neighbors are dying and going to hell. Get out there and tell them the good news. The same good news that saved you from going to hell. And so that's my that's my podcast. That's 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 how I want to end today because I think I think there's a there's a calling there's a calling for us to get out there and see people being brought from dead to life and God wants to use us as vessels but we can't be used if we're just sitting in our house. And so my encouragement to you guys is to do if you have any more questions about what door-to-door ministry looks like, um, any tips, I have some awesome resources that I would love to give to you guys. I'll put them in the show notes. Uh, send me an email. I ha- Before you just go out and do it, I would love to talk to you. I can give some methods. Maybe I'll do another podcast with some good methods w- that are just that have been effective in the past for me. I've seen some real life change happen through door-to-door evangelism. 
uh, if you just listen to the crossover podcast that I did just a few weeks ago, about about a month ago, you'll see some of that life change that happened. You'll you'll be able to hear from people who are brought from death to life because of door-to-door evangelism. People that would have never heard the gospel if it weren't for God putting people in that community, just knocking on doors, being like, hey, do you know Jesus? And so I would love to share some, some tips and tricks on how to uh, be effective in that way. Guys, sorry I missed a few weeks, but we're back. Like I said at the beginning, we're excited. We have some awesome interviews coming up. We have some awesome collaborations coming up. We are pedal to the metal, all right? We're not slowing down. Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast is back and ready to slay, all right? I don't know if you guys have seen that Vine where he's like, I do not slay. Sorry. I'm sorry. Anyways, guys, you are beautiful and you are one of a kind. Until next time, take care and God bless. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. The BGN podcast comes out every week. Questions? Email us at gracenationministries at yahoo.com or tweet us at gracenationmin. Until next time, take care and God bless.